0: Jeff Copper.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and meta-mindfulness. That's probably a new term for you, meta-mindfulness, compassion, and self-therapy. We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of attention magazine to get yours just listen to our show we'll be sharing a secret word a couple times write it down listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words that's all you need to do email address is attention at attention when we get it we'll forward it to chad we'll get you a pdf copy of the current edition of attention magazine and they'll send you a pdf copy of the next edition when it's in print we have a little tip that we're going to share with you that chad made and we'll get into the show
2: Are you a young adult newly diagnosed with ADHD or who is transitioning to independent adulthood? We know all too well the highs and lows that come with independently managing your ADHD. Chad's adult to adult education and training program offers self-paced and on-demand training courses to support you in living and thriving with adult ADHD. To learn more, visit us at chad.org.
1: uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community, and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. All right, everybody. i um, really excited about tonight's show and really excited about tonight's guest. Dr. Tuckman. and I go way, way back. Sometimes I have some topics that I come up with, or ideas, or experiences that uh, I need really somebody kind of help work through it because I know there's some gems in there. This is one of them. Dr. Tuckman's my go-to person for these types of topics, and today was this is a good show. Uh, Dr. Tuckman is a clinical psychologist who specializes in diagnosing and treating children, teens, and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. He's the author of four books, including his newest one, ADHD After Dark: Better Sex Life, Better Relationship. He's a frequent speaker and given more than 400 presentations on ADHD and other topics. He has over 100 episodes and more than 2 million downloads of his More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. He's a former member of the National Board of Chad and their current conference co-chair. More information is available to him at adultadhdbook.com. With that, Dr. Tuckman, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me back, as always.
1: Whenever I have a tough topic or an interesting topic or a different one, like you're my go-to guy. Always learn something from you. Everybody, this is an interesting show. We've done some shows before. matter of fact, I think we learned like seven or eight months ago about self-awareness, what it is and why it's so important with ADHD. And we talked about it as an executive functioning and self-awareness of being aware of yourself. But today we're talking about like kind of a meta self-awareness where it's you're getting outside of yourself into something a little bit bigger. So we have self-awareness and mindfulness of being self-aware. And then we have like a, a thing where you see yourself within And And before I tip the things a little bit, is when it comes to self-awareness, from your perspective, why is it so difficult for people with ADHD to be aware of themselves? Well,
2: I think it's difficult for everybody to be aware. So let's start there. Uh You know, especially for folks with ADHD, which is really kind of just like more of the normal for everybody, that, you know when we're sort of absorbed in the moment, which could be what is happening around us, it could be, I don't know, random thoughts we have inside our own heads, right? When you're absorbed in the moment, it's hard to sort of pull back and see beyond it, to see the bigger picture, to see perhaps somebody else's perspective, to have some perspective on our own perspective. So I think that the more tightly engaged in the moment that we are, I think the harder it is to have that self-awareness. And again, like we all, everybody has those moments of being really, you know, dug into whatever's happening in the moment, but I think folks with ADHD perhaps have that more so than folks without ADHD.
1: I echo what you're saying. I, in my own little way of explaining it, is emotional self-regulation is a part of, it's an executive function as I've learned from Dr. Barclays, at least in the context of his model. And when you feel threatened, the brain goes into a fight fight or free state. It's like a reflexive reaction. It's so, it happens so fast. It's, it's like, boom, it happens. People get absor- absorbed in the moment, and that emotional self-regulation kind of comes into play. And we get defensive, and we're not able to see ourselves. So everybody doesn't pull back, as what you said. So it's, it's really difficult really to <laughs> step out of that and look back. Um, because it's, it's a little threatening to kind of, like, look at yourself or put in your context or say, hey, man, I might I might not be right or I might not be who I think I should be or anything like that. And I think that that as an executive function actually kind of gets in the way of some of this, which which is really basically saying what you're saying. I'm just saying it in a little bit different way. And I think it's, I mean, it's a huge impairment for people with ADHD. So, um, yeah. so everybody – I'm going to tell this story. This is actually a true story. I called Ari up on this to, to, to have this conversation. I was actually coaching a guy. We had been working on self-regu- emotional self-regulation for a long period of time. At first, he came to coaching. He was oblivious. He thought he was rational all the time. And, and everybody, I think I'm rational, but in the reality is I'm mostly emotional. I mean, almost everything we do is emotional-based decision. Um, if, you, if you dig into the research and literature and really – Open yourself up to that. But needless to say is he was really, really, really fighting it. And over a period of time, we started working on it, and and he started to open up. And I'll never forget, we actually had some tension a couple times because I was actually trying to help him one time, and he was insisting on being heard or explaining something to me. And I kind of understood where he was going, but I couldn't really help him because he was defensive and all this kind of stuff. To his credit one day, Um, He kind of overrode that and listened, and all of a sudden he heard something that I was trying to help him see. Not that he had to be right. I just sometimes want people to see a different perspective, and oh, my God. So he started to manage his emotions a little bit more and became more self-aware. And where this is going, it was interesting to me because one day he was – expressing remorse because he has ADHD, his kids have ADHD, and he was off the rail with them. And he was like, Oh, my God, it just really wasn't a good experience for my kids. And it's not what I would really want them to have. And I was like, Yeah, it's really, really kind of difficult. And somewhere in that moment, he began to realize that his parents had ADHD. And he had been seeing a therapist for a period of time about his childhood trauma. And in this mess, I started saying, well, I know that you're, you're having some issues with your kids, but remember you love your kids because he was kind of beating himself up a little bit. But I mean, he did love his kids, and I like, wanted to remind that and kind of hold that space for him. And he had this little aha that while well, he had been upset for years about his experience with his parents, this is the meta-mindfulness, or meta-awareness. He realized in that moment that he was exhibiting the behavior to his kids that he was upset with his parents for. And in the moment I was describing this, it was like, hey, you're doing the best you can with what you got. It was an amazing moment in his – he just all of a sudden saw things completely different. I'm not saying he was totally there, but he felt some empathy for his parents and what they were trying to do in his moment. And I think it has changed the way that he has dealt with it from a therapist's perspective, which is not my realm, everybody. Um, by making that shift, and it really came from that meta meta mindfulness of himself. Have you ever had that anything like that happen in your work, Ari? Oh yeah, I think that
2: I think this is an excellent example of sort of like both and thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So it started out with you know him and him and his relation to his kids, and feeling like he loves them, and also they sometimes make him crazy and he doesn't always react in the best way. Right. Uh-huh. So that's, yep. you know, there's two simultaneous truths there, but, <laughs> but to then step back and flip it the other way, right? Where now he's the kid on the receiving end and being able to realize, Oh, wait a second. My parents also had their reasons. They're not excuses. Not necessarily justifications, but certainly reasons of like, oh, now I get it. And especially as a parent who has been driven to, let's just say, less than his best behavior, right, he probably gets it even more. Um, so I think that often just kind of both-and thinking, this ability to hold more than one truth at the same time, is, it's really hard to do. But, man, is it important to do.
1: I. I, I I I, I want to emphasize what you I think is really 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 hard to do but it can be transformational if you're able to to do it which is part of the show is really about showing this as an example for people to have as a lens to look in the mirror maybe to see what they might see if they step back to kind of get through that it's tough space Mm -hmm.
2: and like the stuff that we struggle with obviously is the stuff that's not easy to do either because it's complicated and intellectually hard or it's emotionally challenging and it's uncomfortable to kind of look at it. So the stuff that's easy, we've already done that, right? So we're we're left with the stuff that's hard. Wow.
1: You just said something really, really cool. Let's do this. Let's go to break because I want to have some time to, to kind of to unpack that a little bit. Everybody – um, our secret word tonight is meta, M-E-T-A. You've got to check out uh, Dr. Tuckman's website at adultadhdbook.com. Again, adultadhdbook.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR.
1: Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is
0: being brought to you by
1: digcoaching.com. And
0: now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
1: Okay, everybody, welcome back. We're having a great conversation, as always, with Ari Tuckman because it's like it's like – It's like getting my master's degree in coaching um, as a student of Ari. He always says these great things that that I'm always kind of like, wow, this is incredible. Before the break, you talked about being uncomfortable in an emotion. What do you mean by that?
0: Well, you know, let's
2: face it. There's a lot of things in life and in the world and in our interactions with others that are, I don't know, for one reason or another, make us uncomfortable. And... You know, it could be, I don't know, our own, you know, our own behavior or something about ourselves. So, like, with this guy that you were talking about, you know, kind of seeing the way that he was responding to his kids and realizing that it was not the way that he wanted to be, right? That's not the parent he wants to be. It's not the person he wants to be. So, you know, it could be something about us. But I don't know, it's sometimes also to kind of, you know, how we see things about other people and, you know, like this sort of profound shift that he had in terms of how he sees um, his parents, I think is a good example of that as well, that, you know, there's something about seeing his parents in that different way Mm -hmm. that it made him uncomfortable. I don't know exactly why, I can make some kind of guesses at it, but um, but, you know, it changed the way that he saw them, and that felt then like it had implications um, perhaps, you know, for some other parts of how he saw his life or his growing up or his relationship with them now or, you know, so
1: things get complicated sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm just. Everybody, literally, I'm thinking out loud right now because I, I. I love what this is. You know, Ari, we did a show years ago on boredom, we talked about agitated boredom, mm-hmm. and the definition back then was the physical discomfort where you're motivated to escape the plight. I, when I'm working yes. with people, I explain that I said you're you're so uncomfortable, you'll do anything to get comfortable, and I talk about people they like pacing a cage like a tiger, like you know you you just got this nervous energy, and I've I've actually coached a lot of people around when you're when you're bored, you're more apt to get in trouble. And this notion of an uncomfortable emotion where people with ADHD, they don't like it, they're going to do anything to get comfortable if they have to fight it or if they have to kind of get out of it, it seems to me that there might be some value to actually accepting and, and, and having some mindfulness around being comfortable in an uncomfortable emotion. Thoughts on that? Sure.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, you know, because I think that, if we're having an uncomfortable emotion and then we're sort of telling ourselves, I shouldn't have to feel this or there's something wrong, well, telling ourselves I shouldn't have to feel this either in an entitled way of like, why is someone making me feel this? Or simply feeling this is bad, right? That this is a sign that there is something problematic here. Um, It makes us go away from the emotion or it just makes it even more complicated as opposed to, you know, Sometimes you just have to sit with an uncomfortable emotion. You just know, so have to sit with mm-hmm. it and you just have to kind of be okay with not being okay. So, um, there's lots of things in life that don't feel so okay. Um and you know, but the problem is if you limit yourself to only what's comfortable, life gets pretty small and boring. So um, you know, so what are you willing to tolerate? What's it gonna get you?
1: This is like is a whole nother show on this that That <laughs> notion of being comfortable and uncomfortable and being okay with it as a means to accept it and also for it to pass over a period of time, it seems to me sure. you know we talked about humans as I understand are the only animal that can actually change emotions, which is why you know emotional <clears throat> dysregulation or regulation is to pause and to override that in different ways it 's not an easy thing to do, but we 're capable of it. But it seems to me being comfortable in an uncomfortable situation and accepting it, knowing that it will pass over a period of time, might be somewhat healthy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that it, you know one of the ways that it's sometimes said is it's the idea of having feelings about feelings. You know, mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable in this moment, and now I'm having feelings about feeling uncomfortable. As opposed to you know the the you know one of the basic ideas of, of mindfulness is simply I feel uncomfortable. That is what I'm feeling. And that's it, right? Like
0: Mm -hmm.
2: not piling anything on top of it. And I think that, you know, from an attention perspective, then at least you're just paying attention to the actual thing that's going on and not sliding away onto having, you know, paying attention to the thoughts and feelings you have about the first thing that happened, you know, and we can move pretty quickly, um, I don't know, kind of far afield from where we started on these things. So, um, you know, so I think just kind of being aware, but, but again, like this is easy to say, but you know, like this stuff happens pretty quickly. And this is where that kind of being intentional to really kind of slow ourselves down, to try to get some perspective, to try to step away maybe if we need to, or, you know, where, where the stimulants perhaps for ADHD can be helpful to help folks just kind of slow down a little bit, um, you know, as a way to, I don't know, like just kind of stay where you started yeah. and not sort of run off
1: onto other things. For me, everybody, I always love it with Ari because it always takes me somewhere. So this, the way you're describing this, I'm, my mind is like zeroing in. Back in 2007, I was going through life coach training, uh, at Coach's Training Institute. So I fly up to Atlanta, and one of the tools that we're talking about, they call it a saboteur. So you're coaching somebody, and you start listening to you know, like negative self-talk and stuff, and the theory really is is you can't get rid of the saboteur, but you, you begin to try to name it. So if somebody's being negative, like I'm hearing the saboteur in you, and you try to get them to name it, it's like it's Darth Vader or something. So you put a name and a face on it. <laughs> And then you're working with him a little bit, and you're saying, I'm hearing, you know, Darth Vader's here a little bit. Well, can we send him on an errand right now, like send him out for eggs, as a means to detach yourself from that, again, the saboteur yeah. concept It never goes away. But, you know, there's that thing, you know, to name it is to tame it. And what we're – we started off on this meta mindfulness, but, but this is mindfulness as you as – you, Become on situations yeah. emotions that are not comfortable, and you can begin to objectify and say, "There, that is, and over there, like, okay, that's the Darth Vader, Vader feeling," and move it away. I'm just relating that to a coaching technique that we've had in the past, where you you detach yourself from it, and now you're in a position to manage it a, a lot differently than what you did before. Interesting. Yeah,
2: you know, by giving it a name, what it does is it gives you something to look for.
1: Yep, right. You're like, "Ooh,
2: there it is. There's that, hey, you know that thing? There it is." Um, which does indeed give us a little bit of a place to stand to then sort of push it away and to say like,
1: "Nope, yep. not not going there right now." Absolutely. Okay, anyway, wait. Just for time perspective, let's go to break real quick because this is a, this is a good stopping point. We'll come back and we'll continue this. Again, our secret work tonight is meta, and if you haven't done so, and I trust a lot of our regular viewers have, but still do it again. Go to Dr. Tuckman's website. He's got a ton of great information. His website is adultadhdbook.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio.
0: Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Timetimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming
1: pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call DIG Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Ari Tuckman having a fascinating conversation. And it's times like this when viewers are listening like, a, don't you wish you were me. Um, I get to talk to thought leaders and learn a ton of stuff and, uh, and think my way through this. And I, this has been an interesting show we came in with this topic. We really talk about metamindfulness, and we have an example of, of a situation where somebody caught themselves and saw themselves in a the bigger picture and was more mindful of themselves. We were, that, worked our way into being uncomfortable with emotion and even you know the detachment of that as a means to kind of management, which this is all mindfulness and all emotional self-regulation, so it's all related to each other, um, but we're actually more tactical right now is those, those times when you can step out and see yourself, Individually and collectively in a bigger whole as a means to manage those emotions again powerful stuff difficult to do but helpful as we've noticed it's because it's really all about managing emotions one way or another right
2: yeah yeah absolutely
1: um I mean, it's certainly, you know,
2: some of this is just sort of a little bit more kind of cognitive and purely about attention if we're sort of distracted by other thoughts or things that are happening. But, you know, the emotional piece definitely adds a whole nother layer. Um, and, you know, I do think that certainly a lot of therapy, I think some coaching even also, you know, it, it is about that sort of meta awareness is not simply mm-hmm. about just do this, but it's that kind of bigger understanding, the deeper understanding, um, which, I don't know, just it helps you understand your circumstances, why you do what you do, what, you know, what responses serve you well, which responses perhaps don't and you know, where do they come from? What's driving mm-hmm. them? What are your alternatives? You know, what else do you really want to do here? Um, and it helps people make some, I don't know, sort of deeper decisions about stuff, you know, or more deeply informed decisions, maybe that's the way to put it.
1: Yep. And manage yourself in other ways. I, it's kind of funny because during the break I had this kind of cropped up. For years I was going through and people, like in learning environments, um, people would say, well, that guy's intense. And I didn't have the self-awareness to know that I was intense. Um, I just know that I was frustrated a lot of times. And I, I'm a very – got to understand something conceptually, not just the topic, but kind of the issue under the issue and how it relates to all that stuff. It's like a framework. Once I understand that, I can kind of add all the details, as I described If I'm going to read Shakespeare because of my dyslexia, the reading is so difficult, the coding and encoding, I can't read it unless you tell me the plot once I understand what's going on, I can look for clues and kind of follow along within that. That's just the way I think, and I, I put things together. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse. But anyway, it wasn't until literally I got into coach training, maybe a little bit before that, I began to realize, really own the fact that I think differently from everybody else and how it creates some problems. And I'll never forget walking in one day um, to a coach training thing, and I'll walk up to the instruction and say, you know, listen, I'm, I, I think a little differently than everybody else, and I just want you to know I can get a little intense because I get frustrated when I'm not getting the information I'm looking for. But I just want you to know I'm not – this has nothing to do with you. Don't, don't, please don't have thin skin on this. It's not going to be pretty, but when it's over with, I'm sure I'm going to kind of get there. It was funny because <laughs> I, was, I was giving the disclaimer because I was going to be myself because, I, I mean, I, I, it was important to me. I really want to get something out of this. And we went through it. Sure enough, I was intense as hell. And I went up to the guy who was over with. I said, you know, I really apologize. I didn't really mean to put you through that stuff. But, you know, we got there. And he said, well, you know, you came up and you let me know in advance. He said, thank God, because I would have gone off yeah. the rail a couple of times. And he says, you know, but you, uh, watching you and knowing that was really kind of interesting because it's like – you were kind of going along and all of a sudden it all clicked and it all made some sense and go, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to describe, but you know, the learning curve for most people goes up quick and flattens out. Mine goes off really slow for a long time and it kind of comes around the end.
0: And, and there's a lot of value in
1: understanding stuff from a bigger picture, not an easy thing to see and kind of catch. But again, the idea here was to introduce this, this notion of meta self-awareness and the mental mindfulness to, for people to begin to think about uh, things in a little bit different way so that we can begin to manage emotions. So, yeah. Well, Time-wise, you probably should pull this I think together. Was, Any last – go ahead.
2: I mean, I think that what was so great about that example that you
1: gave is you knew
2: yourself well enough to know, here's a thing I do. Um, here's how I need to learn. Here's how I come off when I'm not getting it the way that I want it. But you also had this sort of, I don't know, ego strength to be able to own it to your, first to yourself, then to the instructor and say, FYI, here's what could happen, and here's what it doesn't mean, right? This is actually what it means, and here's what you can do, right? So you cued him in so he could respond in a better way, and he he said it himself. I'm glad you told me because otherwise, basically, he would have misinterpreted it and he would have reacted in a different way that wouldn't have been as good for anyone. So, like, that is the value of that self-awareness. And not just the self-awareness of yourself of this is what's going on with me, but also the awareness of how that might come across to others and especially how they might interpret it differently than what you're feeling and thinking, right? So by being able to cue him in, it worked out much better. And this is definitely a thing I often sort of recommend to folks with ADHD is kind of get ahead of the story. Don't let other people Make up their own guesses about what your ADHD behavior means,
1: right? Yes. Tell them yes. what it means.
2: Tell them what they can do. Tell them what they shouldn't do. That isn't helpful, right? Like, if you don't take charge of that, you're just crossing your fingers and hoping for the
1: best. You're, I, I love yes. Get ahead of the story. Set expectations. Mm-hmm. As you were saying that, I, I thought I would share this with you. This is something else that uh, that I've learned over the years to myself. That's that's a more it's a, it's it's just an outright challenge. But I'm no idiot. Um, I didn't do very well in high school. In fact, I didn't. I wasn't. I, I couldn't take Spanish. I couldn't handle English. Couldn't take college prep. I mean, I, sometimes I say I only got to college because I was an athlete, but I, I got there anyway. And then I had to survive. So, as much as I struggled in high school, I got through with a little bit below a B average in um, in um, college. And then I went on to get my MBA um, and actually thrive there. I had almost a four point it wasn't for one class, I just blew off a paper at the end. But the, my, my point really is, is I'm no idiot. However, it takes me a long time to learn stuff. And whenever I go into a situation, I know it's going to take me a long time to get it and figure it all out. And I've got to tell you, that's really stressful when you're going into job situations or new stuff where you know that you're going in and you know that you're capable, but you know it takes longer, but the rest of the world doesn't necessarily know that. But where I'm going with this is I've accepted it. I know that it is, and I prepare for it when I'm there. I try to get the resources that I need in on it, and or I won't go into a situation unless I can get the resources that I need because knowing it's going to take me longer or not being able to adjust those expectations, I don't set myself up for that. And and as I describe now is I will not cannot take any online class unless I've got a study partner or somebody else to teach it to because I have to have that verbal interaction and it's I'm, i advocate for myself because it's just my way. And I'm it's coming out of the blue in the yeah. middle of the show, but it goes back to like understanding yourself, owning yourself and then managing yourself with intent with regard to just accepting who you are. So anyway Yes. Thanks yeah. for me get that one out there.
2: Yeah. No Another I think it to totally fits because I mean I think that if you had gotten lost stuck in that feeling bad about yourself, this is how I learn and it's somehow problematic, right? And it was too yep. painful to acknowledge it and you then couldn't admit it to yourself so you couldn't be aware of it. It leaves you then kind of stuck, right? Because then, like, you're not going to do the things that you need to do to set yourself up for success or, yep. frankly, take a hard path on the things you're like, dude, that is not going to work out. No thanks, yep. right? Like, so that... The self-awareness and the ability to really be honest with ourselves, including about our weaknesses, especially our weaknesses, is really, really important if you want things to work out better.
1: You're absolutely right, which is, as an aside, it's weird because my learning style is it's, – it's, we can call it a weakness because it takes me a hell of a lot longer to do it. I do sometimes think when I finally get something, I get it. As I described, I've taken it apart and put it all back together so many gazillion different times. I know every possible way it doesn't. And so a lot of times, I, once I get it, sometimes there's certain times I feel like I get it more than the average bear, which is an asset sometimes. It's just painful to kind of get there. Um, and I share that because sometimes we look at things and say, well, this is this is a negative in my life. Well, yeah, but sometimes it's also a positive in your life in a, in a different way that, that you have to, you know, when it comes to gratitude, it's about stopping and acknowledging what's good, you know. Using your strengths is stopping and pausing and understanding what the strengths are. Sometimes it's just a matter of paying attention yeah. to, to what's there. So, All right. With that, I think we did a good job as normal. Ari, thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: My pleasure. It's always fun to hang out with you.
1: Everybody, check out his website, adultadncbook.com. Our secret word is META. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.